0: Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Stephen Cook and this is a talk based on John chapter 3 verses 1 to 16, some of the most famous verses in the Bible. Those of you with computers will know that every so often they get their underwear in a knot and the whole thing freezes up. And sometimes the only solution is to stick your finger on the power button and hold it there until the whole thing shuts down and you can then reboot, start all over again. Not a good idea to do it too often, my son tells me, but once in a while it's okay. And most of the time it fixes the problem. I enjoy playing chess with my computer. One of the great things about doing that is that if you make a mistake, and the computer takes your queen or something, you can take the move back. in fact, you can keep on taking the move back until you get back into a place where you are winning. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of life were that simple? You get yourself in a tangle and somewhere, there was a reboot button, which you could push so that everything went back to the beginning and you could start again. That story of Nicodemus and Jesus is a very famous one. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a highly religious man. He would have been an expert in Jewish religious law and practice. He was a leader of his people As a group, the Pharisees found Jesus very threatening because without any formal training, he taught with great authority and attracted huge crowds. Who is this man? They asked publicly. Who does he think he is? But privately, Nicodemus was an admirer. And so he sought Jesus out and began by saying, Rabbi, we know that you're a man sent from God. You sense there's a but coming. Maybe he's going to ask Jesus, to tone it down, to go with the flow, not to be so controversial, to work with us, not against us. But Jesus doesn't let him finish. Truly, I tell you, he says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. That phrase, born again, has entered into religious terminology and can trigger effects, good or bad, in the minds of the hearer. But put those aside and just think about it in the context it was spoken the kingdom of God, says Jesus, is not something you can achieve or reach or qualify for by religious observance. The kingdom is something you have to be born into. Nicodemus was going to say to Jesus, you know, we're all on the same side here. And Jesus was replying, we're not even in the same world. How can this be? asked Nicodemus. It's not as if you can get back into your mother's womb and be born again. I don't think he was taking Jesus literally. I think he was probably saying there's no reboot button. You can only go one way through life. You can't start again. Are you a teacher in Israel? Asked Jesus and you don't understand this. There are two kinds of birth. The physical and the spiritual. The first is a biological process. The second is a spiritual one. Something God's Holy Spirit does in us. And then come probably the most famous words in the whole Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Some people think that when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you need to be born of water and the spirit, he was talking about baptism. I'm not sure he was, but certainly the water of baptism is a symbol of new birth. You go down into it, it's like dying. You come out of it, it's like being born again. That doesn't happen because you have water poured over your head. It happens because you put your trust in God who sent his son so that if we believe in him, we can have eternal life. So there is a restart button. We still have to live with the consequences of what we've done or failed to do. Other people may have to live with the consequences of our actions, but there is a way to begin again. We can't rewind our lives back to the beginning, but we can have the slate wiped clean. Being born again is God's work in us. It can't be about believing the right things. That would be really unfair because what we believe is so much a matter of chance and you might get it right or you might not. I'd hate to get to the gates of heaven and find that the only ones being let in were members of some obscure branch of the Plymouth Brethren because they were the only ones to get what they believed exactly right. I can't think that God is that bothered about the accuracy of our doctrine. It can't be about doing the right things, partly because the Bible consistently tells us that it isn't, but also because being good enough for the kingdom of heaven would be beyond any of us. Doing the right thing is important, but it won't in itself make us a member of the kingdom of heaven. Believing and doing are things that come from us. Being born again is something that comes from God. It's the working of God's spirit in us. So when Nicodemus asked, how can this be? He asked the same questions Mary asked when she was told that she was to be the mother of Jesus. And the answer was the same. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be part of the kingdom, you have to be born into it. It's impossible for us, but all things are possible to God. I'd like to follow through the birth imagery, if I may. You won't be surprised to learn that I've never given birth, so I need to be careful, but I have been born, although I can't remember it. And I did do biology at school, so I know how these things work. There comes a time when a baby, who is presumably perfectly happy in its mother's womb, knows that it has to be born. I don't know how this comes about biologically, although I understand that there's a chemical involved called oxytocin, which produces contractions in the woman's body and just about forces the baby out. Otherwise, why would the baby bother? It's warm, it's snug, it has everything it needs or thinks it does, and then this process begins. That must be very disturbing for the baby who thinks it knows the limits of its environment and then suddenly finds itself being propelled into another world. Time and again when I talk to people about how they became Christians or indeed how they came to make some other major step in their Christian lives, they say how they were quite quite happy with the way they were, but they just felt compelled to change. Suddenly they knew they had to move on. It was as if the contractions had started and they were being squeezed out. To use more religious language, it was as if they had felt God's hand on their shoulder they were being led from one place to another. A baby in the womb can't resist this change, it has to be born or it and its mother will die. But we can resist, we can refuse God's call to be born and if we do, in time the urgency will go away, the contractions will stop. How sad that would be. The baby has to make the short but dangerous and scary journey from the womb to the outside world. No wonder they tend to come out screaming. They've come from somewhere warm, dark, cosy and familiar into a bright, loud, scary world. If a baby could talk, it would probably be saying, put me back. But there is no going back. It's a one-way trip, and the scariest one we ever make. Someone wisely said that faith is a four-letter word, spelt R-I-S-K. There's always risk involved in faith. There's always a giving of ourselves to something greater than ourselves. I learned to swim in a pool which had a high diving board. I never dived from it, but I did jump a few times. Pools were a lot less prissy about things in those days. When you're on the top looking down, it seems a very long way to the water below. You've seen other people jump and you know that you won't die if you do, but it seems impossible to believe. The worst thing is that once you step out into space, it's a one way trip, there's no going back. You either do it or you walk the walk of shame back down the steps. You have to make up your mind. Do I do this or not? Faith is a risk. We entrust our life into God's hands. Then there's breathing. I don't think smacking the baby's backside is in the advice textbook anymore. Breathing is a natural response to the baby finding itself in the open air. From that moment it's dependent on its mother, no longer receiving its oxygen from her bloodstream, but breathing on its own. If we're to be part of the kingdom, we have to take that first breath, no longer relying on the opinions of others or some kind of inherited faith, but deciding for ourselves this is what we believe and how we're going to live. That's why the Bible says we have to believe in our hearts and confess with our lips. There's a declaration in one form or another that this is what we believe, this is who we are. It's like our first breath. Nicodemus appears twice more in John's Gospel, once defending Jesus in front of his fellow Pharisees and once to bring myrrh and aloes to his burial. He had made up his mind and found what it meant to be born again. So there is a restart button, you can be born again. That is what God offers to each one of us at any stage in our life. When like Nicodemus we say how can this be because we think we're too old or too much water has flowed under the bridge or we too weary or too cynical, or life's just too complicated. We can hear those words of Jesus telling us this is not our work, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. That possibility of starting over, of wiping the slate clean is there for us every day. We're never too old or too world-worn because it's not our work, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're symbolising when we're baptised. We accept the urge to move. We take that scary short step into faith. We confess with our lips, which is like our first breath. That's the destiny God has for all of us, to be born of the spirit, just as we were born of the flesh. Unlike our first breath, this is one we can say no to. But because membership of the kingdom is only possible this way, if we do say no, we will never see it. No amount of good work or strong believing will get us there. God calls us. God has his hand on your shoulder and mine. He calls us to life as he meant it for us. I mentioned John 3.16 earlier. The next verse, John 3.17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might have life through him. That's God's good purpose for each one of us. Let's say yes to it. Let's agree to be born into the kingdom. May God bless this word to us. Amen.